I welcome you to another episode of Restored Life Podcast with Stanley. Here we learn how to grow our knowledge of God's word and to rest in his goodness. On this platform, we will share how you can act on the word of God, walk in your inheritance and enjoy all God has made available to you in Christ Jesus. In today's episode, I'll be talking about God's matchless gift. You know, this is a season of giving and receiving. So I want to share something about a special gift I received. And you know, the human mind cannot comprehend the gifts given to humanity by God over 2,000 years ago. Many people need to understand what this gift really means to them and to our world. Jesus is that gift of God to mankind. But we need to unwrap the gift of God to know what God has truly given to us. First, in giving Jesus, God gave himself. Did you know that? That Jesus Christ is Lord and Jesus Christ is God. We read in John chapter 1 and verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was, and, and, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In essence, we understand that Jesus Christ was not just a representation of God, but actually, He was God's perfect revelation of Himself in the flesh. But why would God choose to reveal Himself in the flesh? Well, first, He is sovereign and can do what pleases Him. Secondly, in order to save mankind, He had to take the same form as mankind. You remember the conversation between Jesus and Philip in John chapter 14 and verse 9? When the leader asked him to show them the Father, Jesus said to him, Have I been so long with you, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip? He who has sent me has sent the Father. How do you say, show us the Father? Philip, just like other Jews of his day, and in fact many people today, was carried away by familiarity or sheer ignorance. But Jesus is the living word of God. While he trod the earth, he was fully God and yet fully human. This he wanted Philip to understand. Even doubting Thomas got to understand this later. And in John chapter 20 and verse 28, he cried out to Jesus saying, My Lord and my God. And you know, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, Isaiah prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. He introduced him as all as the mighty God and the everlasting Father. Apostle Paul, while speaking in this line, said in Romans chapter 9 and verse 5, he says, Theirs was the patriarchs. From them is traced the human ancestry of Christ, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. In speaking about his expectation, Paul said in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13, Looking for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ. So without a doubt, God came in the likeness of human, you know, of mankind in order to reconcile man to himself. And speaking about this in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16, Paul said, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, and seen of angels. He was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. And you know, you know, um, in speaking about Jesus, the Holy Spirit inspired the writer of the book of Hebrews to write thus in chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of thy kingdom. So I would say this, that the deity of Jesus Christ is an unequivocal Bible you know, truth. Many have disputed this ignorantly, but the truth does not change with disputes. One thing stands out is that Jesus 
was God's gift to humanity. And when God gave us Jesus, he actually gave us himself. And if someone gives you himself, what else is there to give to you? Nothing more because you have everything already. Hence, we are told in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue. This is awesome. We are not living on promises. Instead, we are living on the reality of who God is to us. We have been given all things we need. So for the New Testament believer, there is nothing else to ask for. This, you know, and I believe this understanding turns our prayer life to a time of deep communion and worship. Amen. And the second point, in giving us Jesus, God gave us eternal life. Jesus' only mission wasn't to save us from sin. If that was the case, you know, we would just die and go to heaven immediately. We accept him as our Lord and Savior. But the scripture shows us that there is more to salvation. Jesus came to accomplish much more. The Bible says in John chapter 3 and verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Friends, eternal life or everlasting life is a gift of God that comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. And this gift is in contrast to, the, to death that is a natural result of sin. For the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 6 and verse 23. So, you will notice that eternal life and everlasting life are used interchangeably. You know, and the Greek word in that you know that is interpreted eternal life or everlasting life does not associate these terms with years. They are independent of time. Therefore, eternal life is not living forever because everyone will live forever either in heaven or in hell. So to make this clear that eternal life does not mean to live without dying physically, Jesus Christ said in John chapter 6 and verse 40, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have it eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So what then is eternal life? Here is Jesus' definition of eternal life. He says, And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom thou hast sent. John 17 and verse 3. This is not speaking of mere intellectual knowledge of God. Jesus was speaking of having a deep intimate and personal relationship with God just as we see in Genesis chapter 4 and verse 1. The Bible says Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bare Cain. Adam didn't just know his wife intellectually, right? He had an intimate personal experience with her. This therefore connotes a bond and oneness with God when we're talking about you know, eternal life. Eternal life or everlasting life is that supernatural life of God. It is an indestructible life just as God. A life that is not ordinary human life. It is, you know, living the same life as Jesus. A life that defies sickness, diseases, defeat. Everlasting life is a life that is not limited by what limits mankind. Think of it. First John chapter 4 and verse 17 says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. We live like Jesus in this world, 
not later when we get to heaven. Because everlasting life is a present tense possession of the saints. It's not something that begins when we get to heaven. Now our likeness with Jesus isn't, our, isn't about our physical life. After all, even though while he was in the flesh here, Jesus was a Jew. Yet no one has an exact picture of Jesus' physical image or looks. So this, you know, there's no basis for physical look-alikes. What does Jesus have that I now have by the virtue of the new birth? It is eternal life. Jesus said in John chapter 5 and verse 24, He says, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life, and I will, and, and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. And in John chapter 4 and verse 47, he said, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me has eternal life. So if you have heard the word and believed it, you, you are a believer. And Jesus said, all believers have eternal life. Believers don't have to wait for eternal life because it is something that starts when, you know, um, sorry, it's not something that starts when they die. Rather, eternal life begins the moment a person becomes saved. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, the Bible says, These things I have written to you who believe in the name of the Lord Jesus, of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. We must therefore ponder on the implication of the very amazing gift of eternal life. Did Jesus lack anything while he was on the earth? Was it recorded that he was sick once? Did the devil outwit him for once? Did he lose sleep over the devil? Did any situation overwhelm him or did he walk away from any problem because it was impossible? If your answer to this is no and sure it is, then we must understand that this is the exact same life we received the moment we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. But why do believers, possessors of eternal life, still fall sick, suffer defeat, fall into temptation or get overwhelmed by issues of life, you would ask? I believe the only problem is that for most of us, we receive this gift of eternal life and have not unwrapped it in order to discover its amazing content. In recent times, you know, I have been thinking of why Jesus came in the flesh. And I realize that if Jesus came so that we can continue to be sick and beg God to heal us and continue to beg God for things as though he were withholding them from us, then Jesus must have come in vain. But he did not. Hallelujah. So why did he come? I believe he came so that once and for all, we can live victoriously over sin, over Satan and his demons. We can live victoriously over defeat. We can live victoriously over sicknesses. We can live victoriously in all areas of our lives. And if our lives are lived with the consciousness of God's gift of eternal life, which is our current possession, our prayer life will change. It will be more of thanksgiving than pleading with God for things. After all, if God did not spare anything but gave you himself, imputing his righteousness in you and giving you eternal life, would you think of anything you may be lacking now? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, that passage we read before, he says his divine power has given us all things that we need. This is God's gift, which we celebrate at Christmas. And I pray, may our understanding be renewed so that we can know and fully grasp what great gift we have been given by God. God bless you. Amen.